0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. What's being done in our name? While so many stand idly by, while so many cling to the consensus of what they believe to be the majority, because it feels safer to them. For the record, such a notion couldn't be further from the truth. As Mark Twain said in the beginning of Great Change, the patriot is brave and scarce, hated and scorned, but in the end, when his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Question, how many are trying to convince themselves that the stock market Ponzi scheme will always keep going up no matter how many wars there are and no matter how badly damaged the biosphere becomes? Time to wake up. Collapse is perilously close. Two new headlines on these themes. From the com: what a third world war would mean for investors. From that report, global conflicts have a habit of sneaking up on money managers, they say. The report then continues. Could financial markets once again be underpricing the risk of a global conflict? Question mark. And there's this from auinvesting.com. Deutsche Bank warns of sudden devaluation risk due to climate change. Let's get straight to the point on these two reports. We, the human race, have already passed the proverbial event horizon. There's no going back. We don't face, quote, climate change, the correct science term for what is unfolding is an abrupt climate collapse. And that's the case even without wars, let alone nuclear anything, aka power plant meltdowns or nuclear war, either of which would finish us all off in very short order. Ionizing radiation would strip away what's left of the ozone layer. No food growing, no plankton, no fish, mass starvation, mass die-off. For a decade and a half, I have desperately tried to sound the alarm. Climate and ecological collapse will fuel total power structure desperation. The three primary forms of this that I have warned about again and again and again, pathogens, false flags, and the likely final power structure option of global conflict, which now looms large on the immediate horizon. In regard to the absolutely beyond shocking carnage in the Middle East, That Matrix Media is lying to us about on every imaginable level. First, as intended, the Middle East conflict has completely eclipsed countless other catastrophes, including the Ukraine war, the weather warfare obliteration of Acapulco, the fate of the blowtorch incinerated Lahaina. The list goes on and on. Also, directly attributable to weather warfare, targeted populations all over the world and agricultural regions also targeted all over the world about what happened on October 7th again as i covered in significant detail with sources and audio testimonies from former israeli defense force personnel there is absolutely no chance the israeli government and military didn't know that this border breach was coming. There's absolutely no chance that the most monitored and surveilled border barrier in the world could be breached in 15 separate locations, with rebels pouring through the blown-up openings, with old pickup trucks and even older motorcycles toting machine guns and taking selfies without being seen. There's no chance. Further, that the extremely loud lawnmower-engine-powered hang gliders, with gun-toting pilots as well, weren't seen. Hamas was posting about their plans for this event months in advance. They were training in open-air camps within sight of the border barrier for years in advance. Egypt and others warned the Israeli government and military days in advance, and yet the entire region of the max-monitored and surveilled Israeli border barrier was completely abandoned for almost seven hours at the critical moment when this attack was launched by Hamas. Why? Why did Benjamin Netanyahu ensure that Hamas was elected nearly two decades earlier? Why did Benjamin Netanyahu ensure that the money kept flowing through the country of Qatar to Hamas? Here's a clue. The Israeli Prime Minister stated on the record that keeping Hamas alive was key to avoiding any chance of the long-since proposed two-state solution for the Middle East. And now, there are even bigger wheels turning due to unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse in-game objectives being carried out. So many levels, so many layers. What aren't we being told about the events of October 7th? Here's a clue. Taken directly from the Wikipedia definition of what's called the Hannibal Directive. According to the Hannibal Directive, once it had been declared by a field officer, Israeli forces were to open fire on enemy forces, carrying away any IDF, Israeli Defense Force, Prisoners, vehicles suspected of removing such prisoners from the battlefield could thus be attacked, even at the risk of harming or even killing the abductees. Think about that. What's my point? This. A headline covered on multiple Middle East sources stated this. Here's the headline Israeli forces shot their own civilians. Kibbutz survivor says. Who was the kibbutz survivor? A Jewish Israeli civilian. Her testimony is absolutely shocking. Please, don't believe me. Please research this report and others like it for yourself and look up what the Hannibal Directive is. So, this question. Would those who ultimately direct militaries be willing to kill their own if it furthered their objectives and agendas? Does that question even deserve an answer? Perhaps we could have asked the true patriot, Pat Tillman, except he's no longer with us. Three rounds of, quote, friendly fire to the forehead at close range. So much for Pat Tillman coming back to the U.S. and exposing what was actually occurring within the ranks of the U.S. military, which is exactly what he had planned to do. And for those that don't know who Pat Tillman was, he was a million-dollar-plus pro football player that volunteered to go to Afghanistan after 9-11, And what he found out there, he wanted to disclose. But obviously, because of what I just described, was never able to do so. Now, please listen carefully. For those that are willing to learn the long and bloodstained history of the conflict that's now being used to drag the entire Middle East into war, and perhaps soon the entire world, please, please take the time to search and view a critically important documentary titled Peace, Propaganda, and the Promised Land. It can be found and viewed for free online. And though this film isn't new, it's more relevant and on target today than when it was first released. Not long after the release of Peace, Propaganda, and the Promised Land, I paid for the repeated airing of this documentary on Northern California Public Access TV. I fully believed, even then that this day would come. I did my best to plant seeds of awareness, and now, more than ever, all of us are needed in this effort. Again, the title is Peace, Propaganda, and the Promised Land, available online for free. If the truth is your bottom line, take the time to view this extremely objective and completely sourced documentary film. Moving on, more bad news from AZA.org. This headline, New Study Reveals Biodiversity Loss Drove Ecological Collapse This report, this headline, is referring to the Permian-Triassic Extinction Event, also known as the Great Dying, which occurred 252 million years ago, according to Paleo data. This event itself wiped out 95% of life on Earth. The report then states the following, Quote, Biodiversity loss may be the harbinger of a more devastating ecological collapse, a concerning finding given the rate of species loss today outpaces that during the Great Dying. Stop and think about that conclusion, that it took a team of so-called scientists to determine that when there is no biodiversity, a.k.a. because so many species are dying off, then ecological collapse may follow. Could, may, might. Isn't that the same as saying collapse is a harbinger of collapse? And yes, as I've stated on the record for a full decade and a half of the existence of GeoengineeringWatch.org, a global omnicide scenario is unfolding and is on a pace that is far faster than any previous extinction in Earth's geologic history, which makes it exponentially worse. Again, these statistics that many might be familiar with, but new listeners on our on our broadcast may not be, the current species extinction rate is... 15,000 times the background rate. We're losing approximately two to three hundred species of plant, animal, and insect a day to extinction. Many of those species aren't even identified yet. That's a million and a half percent of normal. And yet so many are going about their lives as if nothing's wrong. If anyone that really understood the true gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding watched some mainstream media and the commercials that are on catering to an intellect of perhaps... A seven or eight year old, or in general terms, someone with a room temperature IQ, you would know we're doomed, absolutely doomed, hurtling toward near-term omnicide, and we have the most moronic television everything imaginable. Why is the science community starting to admit to what's unfolding? Is it because they suddenly found a sense of conscience and courage? No. No, it's because some factors are so severe at this point that they're becoming impossible to hide. Biosphere collapse and global conflict are inseparable. Keep that in mind. How many have their eyes wide shut to the core causal factors for both? The truth is always the first casualty of war, as the proverb goes. With criminal banker, endless money printing from thin air factions completely controlling all major sources of media, total disinformation and deception is now the rule. Not the exception. Fox, the self-proclaimed, quote, fair and balanced news source, is the worst of all, and that's saying a lot. Official narratives are now further from the truth than ever before. Those who feed for their information from the Matrix media trough of power structural propaganda remain clueless of the core causes of conflict, exactly what the controllers have sought to accomplish. The, we are good and they are bad, pacifying lie that so many blindly embrace without the slightest objective or honest investigation. How many past conflicts, now historically proven to have been based on a foundation of lies, have the American public chosen to ignore and tried to forget? How willingly are they doing the same, even now? But the bottom-line existential threat of biosphere collapse can't be lied about or hidden for much longer. Climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, is in the same category. When the food shales empty out, the carnival of carnage will commence. It's already unfolding in several dozen countries, and it's coming to a neighborhood near you. Don't believe it? I understand. Who would want to? But doubling down on denial won't stop the wheels that are already in motion we're far past the point of no return and the controllers aren't hitting the brakes they're full throttle till the now imminent moment of impact you're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial free non-political global alert news hour the end of the world as we know it broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org geoengineeringwatch.org the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations aka Weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. How do we reach a critical mass? By starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go to source on covert climate engineering operations. If you want to know how to help, see the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Moving on, about food and the soon-to-be lack of it. This headline this week from TheEconomicCollapse.com. Here it is. This war will push rapidly escalating global food prices into overdrive. Into the headline. But let's not forget Ukraine or weather warfare, crop, fisheries, and livestock collapses all underway and accelerating. No, food doesn't come from Walmart, Costco, or McDonald's. Though the mind-numbing ambivalence of so many seems to imply that they feel otherwise. More details on collapsing crops coming. Stay tuned. Next from the New York Times. Drought saps the Panama Canal. From the report, the number of ships that can travel through the vital route has fallen sharply this year because of a lack of water for the locks, rising costs, and slowing deliveries. And for those that don't know how the Panama Canal locks work, they use fresh water. From reservoir lakes. Without enough fresh water, the locks don't work. The climate engineers control the spigot, how much it rains, where it rains, and how toxic that rain will be. And for those that still don't believe that, doesn't matter. It's the truth. It's a verifiable truth, and we see the signs of it everywhere, all over the planet. Climate engineering is much more effective at diminishing and dispersing rainfall than augmenting it, but both are within its capability. Thus, the drought deluge scenarios that are becoming worse and worse all over the world. On that note from sciencealert.com, this headline from this week, quote, nightmare scenario, extreme storms now breach the worst case scenario. The report says the speed at which Otis intensified, was unprecedented within 12 hours. It went from a regular tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane, the most powerful category. The ScienceAlert.com report called Hurricane Otis a 1 in 1,000 year event, further stating that, quote, a hurricane such as Otis might occur only once in several millennia, aka several thousand years. They then say researchers largely blamed the unprecedented Hurricane Otis flash intensification on extremely high sea surface temperatures. Let's stop there. And let's consider that in the record warm Gulf of Mexico, the entire region encompassing the multitude of oil drilling platforms continues to be immune from any weather disturbance of any significance. Yes, nature is certainly looking after big oil and their black gold production platforms that also continue to pollute the now mostly dead, formerly teeming with life, Gulf of Mexico, Canfield Ocean, coming soon to a seaside near you. If you're unfamiliar with the term Canfield Ocean, please look it up, investigate. Here's the short definition. Canfield Ocean refers to lifeless, oxygen depleted, superheating dead zones in our seas, And when the oceans die, we will die. There are currently over 500 known dead zones in oceans all over the world. They are expanding rapidly. And in regard to the heating of the oceans, it's important to remember and consider that's where so much of the heating of the planet has previously been absorbed, but that's not the case any longer. The oceans are now releasing that heat because they can't hold it any longer. Let's put this into mathematical context. A cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times the thermal energy of a cubic meter of air. Put a pot on a stove that's empty, only with air in it, put a lid on it, turn the heat up, and that air will heat almost instantly. But fill that pot with cold water. takes a very, very long time go into another example when you have ice in an ice chest generally keeps the contents of that ice chest cold until the last of the ice is melted and then the heating occurs very very quickly and all of that is part of feedback loops that are taking place on the planet right now so we have a primary feedback loop of the mass methane expulsions that are occurring from superheating oceans as the methane deposits massive fields on the seafloor heat they destabilize methane hydrates and clathrates. That methane is then expelled on land. This is a massive crater, seabeds, craters 10 times bigger, so it's Siberian methane craters. Look at the images, you'll be shocked. But this methane migrates to the surface and then into the atmosphere because it's lighter than air. And so we have that feedback loop. And on the ice, as the ice melts and sea ice does not displace ocean levels because it's already in the ocean, it's the ice cubes in your glass Your glass doesn't overflow when those ice cubes melt. But the sea ice is buttressing land-based ice. It's a cleat that holds the land-based ice in place in regions like Antarctica. And when that cleat is gone, the land-based ice then begins to slide into the sea at a vastly accelerated rate. That's another feedback loop. And as the weight of the ice is lifted off the landmass... That causes the landmass to begin to rise up off the seabed as well. It's called glacial rebound, and that rising of the landmass further displaces ocean levels. And it is occurring now. We have Miami again spending almost a billion dollars a year trying to keep their streets dry. We have South Sea Islands that are being completely inundated. We have regions of the Arctic that are being lost as well, villages being relocated there. It is absolutely Happening And it is accelerating radically. It doesn't take much sea level rise to completely alter shorelines around the world and completely displace coastal habitation. All of that's coming, though other factors, if we remain in the current course, will exterminate us before we get perilously far down the sea level rise trajectory. Yes, climate intervention operations making all of it worse in the attempt to mask the severity of what's unfolding and the use of weather as a weapon. Short-term, highly toxic cool-downs can be achieved. More on that later in this broadcast. But at the cost of a worsened overall warming, it is imperative to remember and consider that all forms of human activity that affect the energy balance of the planet and that disrupt the natural weather patterns are parts of the problem. It's not a this or that equation. It's all the above. It's imperative to understand that. Because short of that, to blame everything that's happening on climate engineering and pretend the planet doesn't respond to any other form of human damage except climate engineering. That is not a rational conclusion. It's a baseless conclusion that immediately sacrifices credibility on this issue. And credibility is key to moving this fight forward. It's essential. Without it, the fight completely stalls, goes nowhere. In regard to the falsification of climate data, and it is occurring, it's absolutely occurring, except in the opposite direction of what most would like to believe, those that want to believe that, the planet's not getting warmer or that it's even getting cooler that's i don't know what planet they're on it's not this one but data is definitely being falsified but in the opposite direction of most would like to believe and let me give one stunning example of that one that is so glaringly obvious and yet few seem to even mention it when you look at global temperature graphs going back to pre-industrial eras the graph basically goes straight up but where do they draw the baseline for that graph about halfway up the rise in temperature so, that makes it look like before that baseline, it was cooler than normal, which is not the case. It simply cuts the warming that has already occurred in half, and that's how you hide the warming. We're seeing official high temperatures falsified to the downside routinely, often three, four, five degrees to the downside. So many ways that those in power are systematically trying to mask the true severity of planetary meltdown. Climate engineering, again, key point, chemical ice nucleation engineered winter weather events. I'll get to that in a moment. But all these tools for those in power help to confuse and divide populations as to the true severity and immediacy of what's unfolding. Let's move on. More on the climate engineering front. On the other side of the proverbial pond from AccuWeather, Storm Carrion Turns deadly in northern Europe as 100 mile an hour winds knock out power for millions. Reports as the storm, which has shattered numerous wind and pressure records, is the first of two powerful systems expected to impact the continent this weekend. Yes, the moisture pump, chemical ice nucleation, cloud seeding, cool down for the north of Europe, while most of the rest of Europe remains at above to far above normal high temperatures. A trend that is scheduled to continue and to expand. Again, the planet is superheating. The more the climate engineers try to mask that fact with their operations while simultaneously using weather as a covert weapon of war, the more they are fueling the overall meltdown. Climate engineering is a planetary death sentence. It always has been. And that's on top of, again, all the other countless forms of human destruction that are doing the same. Next, another mea culpa from the so-called science community, from the New York Times, window for meeting key climate goal is even narrower than we thought yes even more headlines of it's way worse than we thought except it's even worse than that and still the climate engineers engage in their operations to mask the meltdown for as long as possible making it all worse in the overall process not better from the san francisco chronicle this powerful california jet stream will bring stormy weather and rain let's stop there about this San Francisco Chronicle headline, here's what's actually occurring. Drifting, often unorganized, circulations of heavily seeded atmospheric moisture is streamed in over western North America. The West Coast Climate Engineering Frequency Transmission Network can be seen energizing on the data loops that track their transmissions. The incoming moisture is subjected to chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations, which dramatically cools down the surface temperatures below those clouds but all too often at the cost of drying up and dispersing much of the moisture that would have otherwise fallen in Western North America. It's called an endothermic reaction, an energy-absorbing reaction. So we end up with days of featureless skies with on and off cold drizzle. And that's now more often the rule and not the exception. As the moisture drifts further east, more aggressive chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is carried out. And from these operations, some winter weather whiplash flash snow can occur, though it doesn't deserve to be called snow. Often the so-called snowflakes look like large tufts of cotton. The frozen material is laced with toxic climate engineering elements, as is all of our rain. And we're not guessing. We have tested for many years in many, many locations. Here's another engineered winter headline. This is from AccuWeather this week. And I'll get to the flash warm-up rebound headlines in a moment. Bear with me. Midwest-Northeast snow squalls bring white Halloween and start to November. Reports as an unusually widespread early-season snowfall created wintry scenes on Halloween and the first day of November as temperatures plummeted across the central and eastern United States. Those are the kinds of headlines that the climate engineers and the power structure love to see propagated on scheduled weather disseminating agencies like AccuWeather. And what comes after the engineered flash cooldowns? Weather whiplash warm-ups. Now, this headline, also from AccuWeather, issued a bit later in the week. Mega temperature rebound in store for the eastern half of the U.S. That report says warm and dry conditions may be welcomed by many after an unusually widespread taste of winter, but the weather could spell trouble for parts of the country. They continue, a noteworthy warm-up is in store for more than 150 million people in the southern and eastern United States. They then say, from the pit of the chill on Wednesday and Thursday morning to the peak of the afternoon warmth this weekend, temperatures will rebound up to 50 degrees Fahrenheit in many locations. Stop and think about that for a minute. Does anybody question that? Temperature swings of 50 degrees Fahrenheit in a matter of days? In fact, it gets worse. We know in Denver, which is commonly used to create sensationalized headlines because Denver sits in a basin and the chemically nucleated cold air layer sinks into that basin they can radically lower temperatures so denver about five or six years in a row in the spring will have an event where they go from record highs in the 80s to single digits in less than 24 hours why don't people question this it's not nature it's climate engineering this headline from accuweather then goes on to state this quote there's even a good chance that new york city may snap its streak of rainy weekends currently at eight in a row and they say conditions will be, quote, nearly ideal for the New York City Marathon on Sunday. All that is according to AccuWeather so-called forecasters. And there you have it. Warm weather is scheduled for the New York Marathon. So say the AccuWeather scheduled weather script readers. And for those who haven't yet accepted that The worsening weather whiplash is a direct result of covert climate engineering operations. Please conduct some honest investigation. Start with viewing the geoengineeringwatch.org groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming. You can view this for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Next headline from newscientist.com. Cloud geoengineering could help us avoid major climate tipping points. How is that going so far? report says, a model predicts that marine cloud brightening would reduce the risk of some disastrous changes in the climate, but could also have, quote, some negative consequences. Let's stop there for a moment. Some negative consequences. Here's a few. A total derailing of the planet's hydrological cycle, devastating deluges, devastating droughts, a complete contamination of the atmosphere and the surface of the planet, our soils, our waters, every breath we take, destruction of the ozone layer without which we all die. Yes, just a few negative consequences. The New Scientist Report then states, attempts to avoid tipping points with marine cloud brightening would need to continue for centuries, they say. Yes, more absolute total delusion from the so-called science community, in this case, scientists from Oxford University, so much for the institutions of higher learning. So these scientists say that geoengineering would need to continue for centuries. And then what? We're already there. We already know. If the current trajectory is maintained, we don't have till the end of this decade, let alone centuries. Bottom line, there's no limit. To the deception and denial being propagated by so called academia, exactly as they have been programmed to do, again in power structure controlled institutions of so called higher learning. Yes, toe the line for the money printing matrix controllers, and you get your paychecks and pensions, neither of which will matter for much longer. From the WashingtonPost.com why many scientists are now saying climate change is an all-out emergency. From that report, escalating rhetoric comes as new study shows there are just six years left to keep global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius at current CO2 emissions rates. Here's a barometer. First, in 2008, there were about a dozen climate studies that included the word, quote, emergency. In 2023, there was almost 900. Now... What kind of reports would we get if they told the whole truth that we're not trying to stay below 1.5 degrees from pre-industrial? I mentioned the falsified graph earlier. We are already past three and a half degrees C of warming since pre-industrial based on unfiltered data. We are completely through the guardrail, hurtling to the bottom of the canyon. And yet the so-called climate science community continues to lie. They can't be that stupid. Can they? Or are they? Is the programming really that deep? Are they really that willfully blind? Now let's add this from the UK Guardian. Quote, the flickering of Earth systems is warning us. Act now or see our already degraded paradise lost. The report says, can you see it yet? The Earth systems horizon, the point at which our planetary systems tip into a new equilibrium, hostile to most life forms. The sudden acceleration of environmental crises we have seen this year, coupled with the strategic uselessness of powerful governments, rushes us towards the point of no return. They say in many Earth systems, we now see the kind of instability that systems theorists call flickering. What we are living through today, unless sudden and drastic action is taken by us and our governments, is the sixth great Earth system collapse. Our living world is a gray shadow of what it once was, but a vibrant paradise in comparison with what it will be. Unless. What should we expect from the controllers as unfolding biosphere collapse expands and accelerates again, as stated at the start of this broadcast? Total desperation. That time is now, and it will worsen quickly on countless fronts. Wait and see. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast. Installment number 430, November 4th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on 27 AM and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if... Your are on our email list. Please put us on your email contact book so that our mailouts don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming, or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. And as always, to those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It is our collective efforts that can still make a difference. Stay tuned for input and specific directions on how to make your voice heard in this all-important fight. In lockstep with ecological collapse, here's one example of agendas and objectives that are being set in motion from Issue.io, how American democracy just went from bad to worse. But that headline isn't really true, is it? Because we don't have a democracy and haven't had since who knows when, or a republic. We live in a plutocracy that is exercising a form of fascism it's just a convoluted mix of total criminality ultimately run by those who print the money that's exactly what it is and when americans pretend that we're spreading quote freedom and democracy around the world at the point of a gun please wake up it's about resources to be extracted and utilized by the dying empire let's add this from townhall.com wake up it's time to be concerned FBI Director Ray issued stark warning at committee hearing from the report. what has now increased is the greater possibility he said of one of these foreign terrorist organizations directing an attack in the United States sounds reminiscent of pre9/11. FBI director Ray told senators on the committee quote "We haven't seen evidence that it's actually happening yet, but what we have seen is, One terrorist organization after another calling for attacks. He further explained, we should wake up. It's a time to be concerned. We are all in a dangerous period, end quote. And then he continued with this. If you see something, say something. That's never been more true, Ray said, than now. And that's probably partly why the American people are reporting more tips and leads to us And we're pursuing those threats and leads as vigorously and responsibly as we can. Ray said this in an attempt to reassure Americans. I'm not reassured. I'm more alarmed than ever at these statements. Here's a question. Is it in any way rational to believe that the controllers of the matrix, a.k.a. those who control the central bankers, would install an FBI director that wasn't completely and totally committed to serving them and their agendas? Of course, That's the role of the FBI director and has been for many decades and about his warning. Perhaps it will be more accurate to label it an announcement of coming scheduled events. On that theme, first this. From BNNnetwork.com, Chile withdraws ambassador from Tel Aviv amid Gaza conflict. From WKYCnews.com, this. Chile earthquake, powerful 6.2 magnitude quake rattles northern Chile. What an amazing coincidence, just like when Turkey recently pushed back on the Western power structure of criminality, and then within days, Turkey was hit with a succession of absolutely devastating earthquakes. Then there was Morocco. Going back further, New Zealand, Haiti, Japan. The more you dig, the longer the list gets. With all that I just covered in mind... Again, this reminder of a quote I recently cited on this broadcast in a Department of Defense news briefing on April 28th, 1997. Former U.S. Secretary of Defense William Cohen stated this. Others are engaging in an ecotype of terrorism whereby they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves, a.k.a. frequency weapons. And he stated this again, nineteen. Ninety-seven. How much further has this technology come now? Let's add this new headline puzzle piece from Geophysical Institute, a.k.a. GeoAlaska.com. From Thursday of this week, this report titled, "HARP Artificial Air Glow May Be Widely Visible in Alaska. Again, for those that don't know what HARP is, it's an ionosphere heater. It's a weapon of mass destruction that they try to disguise as a benign research facility, which it isn't. Reports as Alaskans and visitors may be able to see an artificial air glow in the sky, artificial aurora borealis, created by the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. And that acronym, HARP is not meant to mean anything to anyone. It's part of how they disguise this weapon of mass destruction. They say during a four-day research campaign, this will occur, and that campaign starts Saturday. They further say pilots flying in the Glucona, Alaska area are asked to check with the Federal Aviation Administration for temporary flight restriction details. Don't want to fly through that 3.5 million watt frequency transmission straight into the ionosphere lest you would get fried from the sky, as often happens to so many bird populations that fall to the ground and no one seems to know what happens. They're using our atmosphere for a physics lab with no Consideration of the consequences of doing so, just like Project Starfish Prime, which I've cited in this broadcast many times, the detonation of hydrogen bombs in the magnetosphere with no idea what it would do, but they did it anyway. We are not dealing with sanity and so many sidestep any of this bad news because they claim they want to believe that they, a.k.a. those who print the money, those ultimately in power, those who own militaries, those who own countries, that they wouldn't do this to themselves, but they already have. Again, and again, and again. We're not dealing with sanity. The sooner we all face that, the better our chances. Next, more footnotes on our dwindling food supplies. For so many years, I've tried to sound the alarm about the coming collapse of fisheries around the world. That time is now, and the headlines keep coming, and they're not going to stop. Our oceans, again, are dying. Our rivers and lakes, the same. All is contaminated and superheating. The entire aquatic and terrestrial food chains are unraveling. On that note of not-so-good cheer from SeafoodSource.com, U.S. government declares fishery disaster in Alaska, California, Louisiana, and Oregon. From the report, loss of revenue from commercial fishing caused, quote, severe economic harm in the region, end quote, while the loss of subsistence farming has caused food insecurity, and quote, prevented residents from sharing cultural and traditional practices, end quote. The situation is more serious than that. It's about survival. It will be, soon. You can't sustain 8 billion people with food production collapsing all over the world. And about our contaminated rain, the climate engineers control the flow from highly destructive deluge to devastating droughts. They control the spigot. On that note, flash droughts are likely to become increasingly common, say, researchers. That's from the UK Guardian. The report says scientists have been studying the increasingly common phenomenon which can intensify wildfires and affect crop yields. Please, to those listening, search engineer drought catastrophe target California. Better yet, that's a Geoengineering Watch presentation from about a decade ago. Everything I described then, based on data, happened in California in the West. Less the Contaminated rainpocalypse that occurred this spring, which did not rejuvenate the forest. They're dying faster than ever. Every single fir tree in forests in the western U.S. is in some stage of decline or death. That's why the recent science study to address this was titled Apocalypse." They're all dying. And that is the prevalent tree in western forests. Where does that leave us? The Guardian report then states, quote, You've heard of flash floods, but what about flash droughts? Question mark. They didn't say droughts that intensify quickly used to be very rare, not anymore. Climate engineering operations can be so incredibly effective at creating flash drought, the desiccant particulates that they saturate the atmosphere with dries up atmospheric RH, atmospheric humidity so much so that unless it's immediately after a precipitation event, there's no do anymore. Hasn't been do for years. On normal days when it used to be common and nobody questions that and thus as you drought the atmosphere the flora from forests to crops shut their stomata they don't breathe they don't absorb carbon they don't release oxygen they don't grow they're simply dormant stomata is the respiratory ports through which they breathe in and this is a condition called VPD Vapor pressure deficit. Why is this not discussed far more in the forestry communities, in the farming communities? Where is this term? Why isn't this condition being addressed? And we have the so-called forestry community blaming the death of trees solely on the beetles. The beetle infestations are a symptom of a sick and dying tree. So much deception on every front. On that note, about the U.S. Drought Monitor, yet more Deception. Far more regions are descending into long-term drought than the drought monitor admits to. The rain that does come is often condensed over a much shorter time span, so even if a specific year in a specific region receives something near its normal annual rainfall, if it came in drought-deluge scenarios, the damage is still done. The dry periods between the precipitation events is far too long. Climate intervention operations are by far the greatest single factor regarding the complete disruption of the global hydrological cycle. On that note, from Fortune.com, this. Here's the headline. Quote, there's no future after me. End quote. Colorado pumpkin man says drought, labor, and water issues will end his family business. He says my boys won't farm. End quote. Let's add this from Reuters. Orange juice prices hit all-time high amid bleak Production Outlook and has anyone not noticed how bland Oranges taste or apples or so many other forms of produce They're nothing like when I grew up in Southern California. The oranges were incredibly juicy and delicious easy to peel Almost without exception and now you can hardly find anything remotely resembling that and how fast the produce goes bad It's often starting to mold before you can get it home and put it to use Everything is breaking down, the entire microbiome, which affects everything that I just described. In fact, the microbiome breakdown is so across the board and so severe at this point that on the forest floor, and I live in the middle of a forest, it's about 2,000 square miles of wilderness behind me, there's no decomposition of the forest duff. It sits there. Year after year, the microbiome is dead. And when you have no microbiome in the soil, you don't have soil anymore. You have dirt. That's all you have. From kansasreflector.com, another source, this headline, Southeast Kansas town is almost out of water and signs of crisis are everywhere. The report says this is the worst it's been that any of us have seen alive. That's a statement from the town's city manager. Wherever they want. They can create drought, deluge scenarios. Let's add this from IPNews.net. Climate change turns African rivers into epicenters of conflict. From that report, they say a new study shows that major river basins in Africa have become sources of conflict due to drying up thanks to climate change and environmental degradation. Again, you can't have less overall rain on a rapidly warming planet, and the planet's in total meltdown. Unless you have a factor we're not being told about, and that factor is climate engineering and its drought-causing effects, for every degree C of warming, the atmosphere contains 7% more moisture. should be raining much more overall, but it's not. And climate engineering is why not. Let's add this from BBC. Zimbabwe's cholera crisis fueled by chronic water shortages. How well this serves the controllers who want to cool populations anyway. The report says, Zimbabwe has been battling to stem the spread of deadly cholera in its cities and villages because the country simply lacks clean water. Cholera, an acute diarrheal infection caused by consuming food or water contaminated with the bacterium Vibrio cholera, can spread quickly and in cramped and dirty conditions. It has become a kind of, quote, grim reaper to this southern African nation. And about those that do still have water for the moment... There are perhaps even worse problems. From PopSci.com, eight new types of, quote, forever chemicals found in river linked to U.S. cancer cluster. Reports says people living by the Cape Fear River have been plagued by PFAS pollution for years. Now the problem looks even more drastic. Problems everywhere you look. More water woes here with this headline. From TheConversation.com, climate adaptation projects sometimes exacerbate the problems they try to solve. All the time. That's the case. Same with pharmaceuticals for the human body, isn't it? A new tool hopes to correct that. They say when the United States aid money was used to build a seawall on Fiji's Vanu Levu Island, been to Fiji and, and dove there, the waters were pristine then, not so much now, to shield the community from rising tides, it instead acted as a dam, trapping water and debris on its landward side. And thus, of course, saltwater. Here's another example from Bangladesh. The World Bank is pouring $400 million into expanding old flood barriers along the coastline to counter climate-induced floods and sea level rise. But this, too, is causing new problems, including waterlogged fields and loss of soil fertility. Yes, saltwater will do that. Evidence of maladaptation is increasing in some sectors and systems, highlighting how inappropriate responses to climate change create long-term lock-in vulnerability exposure and risks that are difficult and costly to change and exacerbate existing inequalities for indigenous peoples and vulnerable groups. No, it's all of us. We are all on the same boat. We will sink or swim together. And how much more glaring an example is climate intervention operations to this, with a downstream list of catastrophic consequences that are so severe that life on Earth now hangs in the balance near term, not long term. More headlines. This from Messenger.com We worried about zombie viruses under the permafrost. There's something much scarier frozen beneath it. the report, an enormous amount of carbon trapped in the frozen ground is one of climate change's nastier feedback loops. It's a An existential threat. Let's call it what it is. They continue, the media, both traditional and social, has blared the headlines from the rooftops. Quote, the zombie viruses are coming. Of course, I've commented on this before. Make no mention of the 400 plus biolabs all over the world that work on engineering the same types of pathogens. We have official sources always blaming it on nature. Never mention of these level four biolabs all over the world. But far worse, There's an enormous amount of methane and other carbon sources trapped in the frozen ground. And if it makes its way into the atmosphere, the report says it could have a profound effect. It's not true. It will end life on Earth. There's enough methane in the polar regions alone to turn the planet into Venus if it ends up in the atmosphere. Climate engineering, the attempt to mask what's happening in the polar regions, is further fueling the problem. What a surprise reports is in just the top 10 feet or so of frozen ground, there's around 1 trillion tons of carbon. That's double the total amount that's currently in the atmosphere, and that's only in the top 10 feet. Again, please search and view Siberian methane craters, and look at those images. They're absolutely shocking. And here's a dose of some truth from this article. They say, This is from Christopher Byrne. He says, I think the virus story is a distraction. He's a professor, by the way, at Carleton University in Canada. He says, there have been people living with permafrost now for 5,000 years and more, and we don't characteristically have problems associated with strange diseases coming out of permafrost. He continues, that's not our common experience. Somebody finally telling the truth. And wait, was the Hollywood thriller... The Thing, the sci-fi movie, The Thing, just more programming to make us think. That's where things like that come from. More on Arctic Meltdown from counterpunch.org. This headline, 20,000 toxic sites in sagging Arctic permafrost. The report says, new studies show that Arctic heating is up to four times the overall rate of global warming for the rest of the planet. This startling rate in one of the most sensitive environments in the world could trigger toxic disasters in up to 20,000 industrial contamination sites. That's just what we know about, and that's on top of the methane blowout problem. It's getting worse by the day, all over the world. Let's add one more bad news headline, and this is directly related to the methane buildup in the atmosphere. From the other side of the planet, the land down under, from theconversation.com, Queensland's fires, that's in Australia, of course, are not easing at night. That's a bad sign for the summer ahead. The report says this week, dozens of fires have burned across Queensland. More homes have burned in the state than during the 2019-2020 black summer. That's a very bad harbinger. They say the question many are asking is, are these fires normal? Question mark Our analysis shows these fires are, quote, weird. When it's not cooling off at night, that's because the radiant heat is not escaping back into the atmosphere. That's because there's a layer of atmosphere that's trapping that heat, and methane is 120 times more potent than CO2 at trapping heat over a 10-year time horizon. We are in a very dark place at this point. And let's not forget the other factor that's also very effectively trapping heat. Climate engineering particles reflecting some thermal energy during daytime hours and trapping even more of it at night. The definition of insanity, the human race trying to tech its way out of what its tech did in the first place. Next, this from Space.com. Climate change has pushed Earth into, quote, uncharted territory. They say by the end of this century, a third to half of the world's populations, three to six billion people, may be pushed beyond the, quote, livable region. That's today. That's now, and on the current course, we won't make the end of this decade, let alone the end of this century, so much incredible deception from the so-called climate science community. It never ends, and it's only getting worse. The geoengineering operations are so shockingly visible in our skies, and yet the official denial continues, with the majority of the population all too willing to accept the state-sponsored lies propagated by so-called climate scientists and matrix media. Because to do otherwise, to actually face the horizon and the skies above with open eyes, would be to acknowledge that we're all doomed, all of us, short of a complete course correction by our species, which appears increasingly less likely with each passing day. And yes, I fully realize this message is dark. But it is true. It is real. Avoiding dire truths and realities, as so many have been so programmed to do from birth, is exactly why we now find ourselves hurtling toward near-term extinction with the unquantifiable innocence that make up the web of life. Victims of what industrialized, militarized, so-called society has done to them. None of this is okay with me. It never has been. And no matter how many individuals there are that either never show up to the front line of the fight to expose and halt the insanity, or that briefly show up only to quickly retreat and never to return, that's not how to prevail in a must-win battle to turn the tide. Can our collective efforts stop them in time? To salvage some part of the planet's remaining life support systems, there's only one way to find out. And always remember, no matter what anyone in your world does or doesn't do to help in this battle, we are only ever responsible for our own actions or lack of them. As the lyrics of an old song that always inspired me once said, the odds are against us, but we still stand a chance. There's no giving up. There's no giving in. It's not over till it's over. March on, even when you think you can't. Even when it feels as if all around you have retreated. March on, no matter what. This correct use of our own will can never be taken from us, ever. And the solace that comes with knowing this at our core is absolutely unshakable. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard. Make absolutely every day count. Stay strong. Never yield to the insanity ever. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geodreamwatch.org.